Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Sonia Bedigian. I'm not sure exactly when I met Sonia, probably at Clifftop a few years ago, I don't know, but I really got to know her when she invited me to her birthday party last fall, back when she lived in Charlottesville, and I decided to go on a whim, even though I barely knew her. Old-time music is cool like that. Anyway, she likes really twisty, challenging tunes, and when she's not fiddling, she's usually choreographing or participating in flash mob dances at old-time festivals, or distracting get-up-in-the-cool guests while I record. Sonia strikes a really interesting balance between reverent study and whimsy. I can't think of anyone who simultaneously takes old-time more seriously while taking themselves less seriously, if that makes any sense at all. Stick around after the interview for details on how to support Get Up In The Cool and get exclusive rewards for doing it, like this week's bonus track, Sonia and I playing Prettiest Little Gal in the County. All right, let's get started. Sonia Bedigian, everybody. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Sonia Bedijian, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're at Harry Smith Frolic yeah. 2017. How long have you been coming to this festival? This is actually, okay, it's my second time here, but it's my first time coming like as someone who I would say actually plays old time music. I think I came here like five years ago okay. with my friend Grace for a day trip. Um, she is a clawhammer banjo player and also a fiddle player and also a guitar player. And she... Um, was like, let's go to this festival for a day trip. And I think I had maybe like started to think maybe I'd get back into old time fiddling. And she was like trying to encourage me. Yeah. Which was so great and brought me here. And I was just kind of like, look at all these people. They, they play music. And then we like went home like three hours later. That's what I remember. Was this like, was this something that, was this an important moment that got you back into playing? I wish I could say yes, because that's a good question, but yeah. it totally wasn't. It was just like, oh, look, a festival. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like there was an important moment that got me into playing. It just sort of like happened slowly. So, yeah. but, but it's like really cool to be back here and know that like I came here really early on, like, and now I'm experiencing it totally differently. So, yeah. yeah. What did we just play? Um, oh, we just played Blackfoot, which is a Clyde Davenport tune. Um, like one of the funnier ones, I think. Yeah. Um, it's real wacky. It's a real wacky tune. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit out there. Um, yeah, I actually first heard that like this past winter from my dad, who played that, and I was like, "What?" And then I had to go home and learn it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't like dived super deep, dove super deep into uh, Clyde's music. I feel like he has some like really popular ones, like Five Miles of Town, like that yeah. Are, They're they're all kind of messed up, like, rhythmically, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely got some hits, but, like, his playing and his tunes have a real sense of humor to them. Yeah. So, yeah. You can't take Clyde tunes too seriously. This one's sort of like, I mean, I don't know how, I haven't heard him play this tune, but it feels like a sort of rambling, stuttering, like, and maybe that's just the way I play it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, he's very, like, slidey and very, like, sneaky about this tune. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's interesting. Was there like all these Kentucky tunes are just completely bonkers? Were they not dancing, or are they not doing square dances? Oh my in god, Kentucky? that's such a good question. That's a question for Phil Jameson. Okay, I'm actually in the middle of his book right now. All right, and it's really good. Wait, is he the one who did the like Kentucky fiddlers? Like, no, that's actually um. What's his name? Oh my god, this is gonna get so com- okay. That's uh. Oh my god, what's his name? It'll come Ta- to me. Jeff Todd. Oh, Titan? Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Titan. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. so okay. thank you. Woo. So he actually used to. We can teach... cut to you just saying Jeff Todd Titan. <laughs> yeah, please just make me look better okay. on that moment. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. You should leave it like this. But um, <laughs> so he actually used to teach the old time string band class at Brown University in Rhode Island, where I grew up, and. Phil Jameson. Um, no, uh, Jeff, Jeff Titan. Titan. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. So Jeff Titan used to teach that class, and um, and. Then my friends Sandal and Rory took it over when he moved to Maine, and now they teach it. Yeah. And I think they are like the combination of like Jeff Titan and Sandal and Rory. I think are like maybe 
responsible for like how many Rhode Island people play Kentucky tunes. Interesting. Which so that's like what I started on is Kentucky tunes. That's a thing. Rhode Island people playing Kentucky tunes. I think. I think it is. Okay. And like, I don't know. I think I just maybe like made that stereotype up just now. But like that's it's not a bad stereotype. No, no, it's not. It's cool. But that's, that's just been like my impression. Like growing up there is that there were a lot of Kentucky tunes getting played. Like a ton of just like close listening to Buddy Thomas and like Bruce Green. Um, you, your dad plays. Yeah. He plays fiddle. He plays fiddle and guitar. Yeah. Um, and I think he grew up playing like bluegrass more so than old time, and then has been playing like old time too and also like has been playing some irish lately cool um yeah uh so was he playing it around the house yeah so it was definitely around the house growing up um kind of like not only his playing but also just some like eclectic music choices um he play you a lot of like recordings too of like you know, old bluegrass and stuff. I don't think I heard a lot of like recordings of early bluegrass growing up. I did somehow like get the Buddy Thomas album Kitty Puss like imprinted on my small child mind, which is yeah. like a gem to have yeah. in there. Um and like there are some other like early recordings that I remember hearing and you know, just tunes that you'd think are confusing, but since they were so deep in my little kid brain, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, that's a totally normal tune. Um, <laughs> this isn't messed up at all. No, no, <laughs> it's don't worry, it's just Kitty Post by Buddy Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> you can play this at jams and people will get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but more so it was just like being able to go to jams with him as a little kid yeah. and just kind of like, there are pictures of me like sleeping in his guitar case and stuff. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I heard it a lot growing up. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, I think I felt okay about it. Like, I liked being around the music. Yeah. Um, definitely more enthusiastic as a small child than I was, like, as an adolescent about it. Right. Um, but I, I liked that music was a part of my life, for when sure. When you were an adolescent, was it like, oh, dad, stupid fiddle music. I have to go, like, Yeah, like, I don't know if it was along. that extreme, but <laughs> it was like, I, like... Because, like, he never, like, made me go to stuff. Like, it wasn't like I had to. But, like, I remember in middle school actually going to Gray Fox. But it was, like, a bluegrass festival in New York State. And, like, just being more interested in, like, running around with a couple of friends I had there than I was in, like, the music. But um, I think, like, in high school, I remember him being like, do you want to, like, come to Clifftop with me? Yeah. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to Newport Folk Fest, Dad. Like, (laughs) what the heck? So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But... Um, growing up, you grew up in Rhode Island Mm -hmm. and, uh, were you there until, is your dad still in Rhode Island? Yeah. Both my parents live in Rhode Island. Uh, and then were you just there until you went, I feel like you went to school in Pittsburgh. Okay. So yeah, I had kind of a confusing, like, I'm still confused. So (laughs) I grew up in Rhode Island. I went to college in Rhode Island. Okay. And then after college, so at the end of college, I started getting really into old time music um, like to the point where I was just like doing it all the time. And like one of my, actually one of my proudest moments was like having a grumpy neighbor after co- It was like, I lived in this like beach house with a couple of friends after college and I would play fiddle just like incessantly, like late at night. And this like grumpy neighbor wrote us a really great note about like the like fiddle music coming, like emanating from the house. And he was just like, you need to stop basically. <laughs> and, and it was like highlighted and capitalized like an insane person's manifesto. Like it was, yeah. um, it was beautiful. And I like, don't know where I put it, but oh, man. yeah. So then after that, that was sort of like one of the 
like things that was like, okay, I guess I should maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved down to North Carolina um, for a year. And that was amazing. I lived in Chapel Hill. And then... So wait, so if Harry, if Harry Smith wasn't your like, come to Jesus, like old time moment. That note. What, but it was no, gradual. <laughs> is there is there something you think where you could put a pin on it? Someone just asked me this in an interview and I was like, oh man. And I, I listed all of these these different because for me it was like a little bit I was a little bit resistant to just like okay like get into old time music yeah uh but for me it was definitely going to clifftop like my first time yeah and I think specifically being in a jam that was mostly young people and I hadn't done that yet yeah that's interesting and I was like oh this isn't just like a fun like kind of hobby this is actually something I could like sort of build a a community around yeah you know like totally and, and grow with yeah I think that for me that was when I was like oh I, I think I'm like actually sold on this yeah so I think what happened is like I started going to the old-time string band class that my friends Zell and Rory were teaching the one that was originally Jeff Titans and um I like think that the first year that I had been going to that um I think I went to Clifftop that summer and then I think when I came back from Clifftop, I moved to North Carolina, yeah. like within a few months. Yeah. Um, and like for no reason, like, let me tell you, there was no reason. I Like, I was just like walking around to Clifftop and I'd ask people like, hey, like, where do you live? Like, do you like it? And like, a lot of people were like, I live in North Carolina. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to North Carolina, <laughs> um, which was like completely absurd and like definitely a great decision. Um, where in yeah, North Carolina? Uh, in Chapel Hill. Okay. So I, I think that like in some ways that clifftop was really important for me too, even though I spent a lot of the time like really overwhelmed because I think I knew like 10 or 20 fiddle teams and I was just sort of like, oh, look at all these people. Like they seem really nice and they're really good at music. And um, yeah, and I think I was just, it like inspired me to get deeper into it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I like had a... I don't, I, I, you know, I still I hesitate to say that I had an aha moment because there's like a lot of important things happened like in a row. Um, like in some ways moving to North Carolina was like an aha moment. And in yeah. some ways like having a dad that played music was an aha yeah. moment. So it's sort of like there wasn't like this one thing. Um, but yeah, so then I moved to North Carolina and then ac after that I went to grad school in Pittsburgh okay. and then I moved back down to Virginia. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what are we, what are we going to play next? Um, we are gonna play. Ah, what was it? It was a G tune. I'm sure it was. <laughs> hmm. Was it John Cole? Yeah, let's play John Cole. Okay. Thank you. Great. You're saving me. Okay. Sorry, I didn't bring a pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, where'd you Where'd you get this tune? Uh, it's a John Salyer tune. Um, I think I first heard this from Aaron Owell. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. It's a great tune. I'm gonna join you after like the first pass of it. Okay. Okay. Don't play that tune. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play that tune. Yeah, me Thank you. 
I definitely messed that up a little bit, probably. Uh, I got every note right every time. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal of old times. <laughs> <laughs> Just nailed it. Yeah. I don't uh, know. My goal for this podcast is to like make myself go like Ooh, during every tune a little <laughs> bit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I try doing it like every week. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh my trying god. Trying to keep up. I've had to listen to myself a lot. Yeah, that gets hard sometimes. It's helpful too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just humbling. Yeah. For sure. uh, man, that's a really interesting tune. Yeah. I would like to learn that someday. Yeah, me too. Salier. <laughs> <laughs> Salyer's the one, there's like this one photo portrait of an old time, and it's just like, uh, just the uh, shoulders and head, and he's got, if I'm thinking it's the right guy, he's got just this like really, like big boxy head. Yeah, I think that's him. Is that him? Yeah, I think it's him. (laughs) Someone made like a meme out of that that just says, that lope is dope. Oh my god, was it Rye? It was probably Rye. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Salyer's amazing. I, um... Yeah, I I can confidently say that I've played every Salier tune in this wow. one one jam we had a couple of cliff tops ago, where we played through Salier's entire repertoire. Wow! In the course of like three days, and it like reminded me weirdly of this Harry Smith anthology thing that yeah. they do because of just like the commitment and the ridiculousness that ensues. Yeah. I didn't make it to most of the uh, reenactment last night. Yeah, so that was like my first time seeing something and like also seeing people like voluntarily call it like a reenactment was really cool and funny. Because um, I like, you know, that's like sort of, I like hesitate to even get into this territory on something that's going to be recorded. But like that, a lot of people are like, you know, I hate when people play old time like they're just reenacting something. Yeah. And like, but what they did there was just like amazing because they're calling it a reenactment, but they're like treating it with this sort of like looseness that is really refreshing. Yeah, and it was like sure. really yeah cool. Yeah, uh, Harry Bullock was saying that Craig Edwards at one point did some uh, like this Cajun tune or a song for one of the one of the years, and I guess in the recording, whoever is singing it. Is sing the way Harry says it is singing it perfectly in tune and playing perfectly in tune, mm-hmm. but singing and playing in like about like an I don't know eighth <gasps> of a. That's hard to do if you're yeah, doing it like, on purpose. Yeah, like he. <laughs> yeah, apparently Craig just like sang it perfectly out of tune with his guitar. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like according, and uh, I guess he like. Right before he started singing, he said, "I want everyone to raise their hand when it gets to the part in the in the song where, when you're listening in your car, you usually skip forward to the next track." Oh my god! <laughs> like, and then I guess like he looked up at that part, and everyone was just like, "Oh, that's really hands funny. in the area." So did that, you then? Did you stop? Or did he no? He kept going. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I I've heard that yeah, some people treat it more like that, like reenact it as as perfectly as possible. But then other people will like do their own spin, either out of necessity because it's hard to exactly reenact it, or just do their own version. Right. Uh, there is this moment. I probably told this on the podcast before, but that's fine. Whatever. There's this uh, this guy who I think it was Froggy went a courtin. Um, do you know that one? I mean, yeah. Uh, it's like King Kong Kichikichikai. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Right, right. Uh, this this dude prepared this version on I think it was on an auto harp and uh, he was like very clearly had prepared this song 
he's going to do this song. Yeah. Uh, had a headlamp on, and he was just like, just like Going in his at it. yeah, in his own space. But like, he didn't realize that this other this other group of people, these these two dudes, also prepared this song, and uh, they were at different en- different ends of the bonfire. <laughs> uh huh. They didn't know each other. Were, were doing <laughs> both it. playing it. And uh, it was it was interesting to watch because at a certain point the like two younger guys were like oh there's another person playing if this is gonna work we need to go play with him because he's like obviously very he's prepared this yeah, yeah. like and he's he's like in performance mode and just like blocking out everything else yeah. he's like worked on this so it's like kind of sweet because they're just like okay we need to go like. Uh, adjust to his version. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> uh, what it's all about. It yeah, it was really a very, cool. like, communal, uh, very generous, open setting. Yeah. Being that, like, considering that it was, that it's also a reenactment and also, like, a... Yeah. yeah so it's, like, a cool mix. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's also, like, yeah, there's a really cool uh, culture here at Harry Smith. There's a lot of people who I do not see at any other jam, at other festivals. Yeah, and this it's also, like, really cool for me to come here because, like, I think, well, I moved down North Carolina to, like, be more immersed in, like, old-time music. Yeah. But there's actually, like, a lot of people up here that are listening to it and, like, in the same way that I am. Yes. And it's really, I, like, don't think I knew that as much when I lived here that there were like other people about my age that were kind of doing the same thing or like at least in the same like three state area. Yes. You know, and it, like if I had looked a little closer, like, I don't know. Yeah, but it's like, it's really great. How many, there's like a lot of like sourcey young people here. Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was like trying to think about why that was and it's like, is it because it's like less a part of like the culture? So people like really just have these old recordings to go on or like why, like, yeah, but they like, it like, breeds the same sort of sourciness that like yes. that I think I have and it's funny to like come up here and be like oh yeah I am actually like I'm like these people yeah <laughs> there's also a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of especially like older folks um, who specifically do not come to this to this festival because in the last couple I think I was at Brandywine I was just like hey who's going to be a Harry Smith and there are a lot of people who are just like there's a lot of bugs at Harry Smith <laughs> <laughs> oh no there's and not you just have to put on bugs you just got to deed up and yeah. then it's fine no but this I is really nice <laughs> yeah it was it was funny it was like oh there's I guess there's like some sort of reputation behind this like festival but then yeah there's just this bugs yeah I guess it's just the bugs <laughs> <laughs> there's a fair amount of bugs uh, but I had a really irritating jam yesterday because uh, I was trying to put Theo down in the tent mm-hmm. and he takes a lot of work to get him to go to sleep at a festival. And uh, so he was just in the tent, like knocking it down almost, yeah, you know, yeah. and then uh, Jody Kruskal came up with his concertina and we were having this jam that was like punctuated with Theo going like, ah! <laughs> 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 and uh, Papa, Papa, <laughs> just like, I, I want to go outside. <laughs> and then also we're just playing and taking these like strategic rhythmic breaks to just slap ourselves in the face to yeah, try yeah. to like <laughs> kill the mosquitoes. Wow. I don't think I've had a jam like quite like that yet. It was, it was kind of a bummer. Oh. But then I like, yeah, deed it up. Yeah. Which is always also a bummer. Cause then, uh, I don't know if you get this on 
if you have this experience, but after I spray DEET on myself, it gets stuck on my banjo. Oh, no. So <laughs> I I've have been to, like, using this, like, it off. I've been using this kind of, like, crunchy, like, lemon eucalyptus, like... Does it work? Yeah. All right. Maybe I, I should do works. that so I don't get cancer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I Like, you know what, though? Sometimes you need DEET, and it's not a joke. Yeah. Lyme disease is not a joke. And like, Yeah. yeah so like and some- I guess also there's... I don't know if it's in this region, but there's some sort of, like... Uh, Deadly Mm. disease that ticks are carrying this year. Oh, good, good, good. It's like a neurological, like people have died. Like a neurological damage, like really bad news one. So, should we play a tune? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting all paranoid. I don't think it's in this region. I think it's in Pennsylvania. Oh, specifically. Okay. Okay, so I think now we're going to play Judge Parker. Yes. Which um, you informed me that Howard and Trisha played on your podcast, and I just like. Just like go listen to their version. They're awesome. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna mess it up. They probably didn't mess up. Okay. Oh, it's from Dick Hutchison. He's from Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. It was definitely on their episode then. That's like their like. That's like yeah. yeah they're super into Dick Hutchison <laughs> yeah. tunes too, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Thank you. 
<laughs> I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite fiddlers. Let's go to A real quick. Yeah. You just, you're already an A. I'm just gonna I'm swap fiddles here. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm in tune though. I think so. Cool. Awesome. All right, we're in A. We're in A. Uh, we did it. What, uh, what are we gonna play next? What's the first so, one? So, Marion Reese's Sally Gooden. Great. Yeah. yeah. Marion Reese, where's Marion Reese from? He's from a place called Zionville in North Carolina. Is it Reese with a C or an S? It's R-E-E-C-E. Okay. Did you say Zionville? I think, yeah. He Man. was a blacksmith. And it's, Zionville's like north of Asheville, I think, or kind of near Boone. Is it just me or is the name Zionville just kind of hilarious? It's like Zion, like Holy Land. And In then, North Carolina. And then just Ville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Zionsboro. Like, like Heavenville. <laughs> yeah. Little heaven town. Right, that's right. <laughs> he was a blacksmith? He was a blacksmith, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What did he make? What do blacksmiths make in not Probably the like Middle horseshoes. Okay. That's what I would guess. He made swords. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chainmail. Exactly. But he, um, yeah, had all these really cool tunes. And he made his own fiddle. I just learned that too, um, which maybe accounts for how, like, the recordings of him are wild and like sometimes when I hear like oh they made their own fiddle then I'm like oh well yeah. maybe that like accounts for part of it or like why I can't sound exactly like that or like I mean why can't I sound exactly like Marion Reese like someone yeah. tell me you know I feel like there aren't <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no reason why I should be <laughs> no no I'm sure that's part of it uh, there's a uh, I don't see too many like folk fiddles anymore like there's like violin makers there, yeah. I feel like there used to be like more fiddle makers I'm sure that there were actually like the fiddle that I'm about to play is like a made by a self-taught maker but he, like, he's been like making fiddles for long enough now that they like really get a violin sound you know what I mean like they're like beautiful yeah. sound out of them and like yeah but I've, I don't think I've like ever seen someone holding a fiddle that like looked like one of their first fiddle that was like this is a fiddle I just yeah. made and I have no training you know like I've only seen one that was just like so clearly not a violin and it was uh, Nikos Pappas uh, mm -hmm. and he had um, uh, this fiddle made in Oregon I think in like the early 1900s or yeah. like something and it was yeah it looked I mean it was beautiful but it didn't look like it was made to any sort of design right and then he had this other one that was just like totally asymmetrical and yeah. just like looked like Looked like they traced it out like by hand without wow. a stencil, you know. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, I haven't. And it definitely sounded super interesting too. So, yeah. but I don't know why. Maybe it's just like hard to <laughs> to make like custom fiddles like without some sort of plan. I don't know what the process is at all. I mean, you have like like almost like blueprints, like these outlines yeah. of like the traditional shapes with like measurements and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I'm not the right person to ask about this. It seems but. so different than making banjos. Yeah, yeah, making banjos <laughs> is just like, put neck on ring, like, sound good? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, that's like, you know, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about banjos either, so someone can get mad at me yeah. about that. But like, it seems like it's much more about, it's much more like, just like, kind of like oh this part will work with this part and like I mean I don't know you know I what? don't think you're far off the way that no, like I'm sure there are subtleties to it I just, I'm sure but the way that 
most banjo makers that I've talked to, they they talk about it like they're like like fixing a car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's very like mechanical. Yeah. Yeah, and like sometimes with fiddles, I think there's this element of like magic. Almost it seems like yeah. where you're like sometimes when I get my fiddle sounding good. And, and like someone will be like oh like your bridge is about to fall over and I'm like don't touch it you know <laughs> like, like I don't know they might do something like I don't know yeah anyway, I don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I love your caveman banjo <laughs> banjo uh, maker you know, impression now I feel bad about that <laughs> oh god Okay. Yeah, banjos anyway. get en- banjo players get enough flack. No, I know. I don't need to add onto the flack pile. Okay. Okay. So Mary and Reese is Sally Gooden. Thank you. 
Oh man. Sally Goodman. Yeah, that little extra A part snuck in there. That was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was the spirit of Marion Reese just yeah. being like, "You're trying to play this normal." Sorry. Yeah. It's interesting. I've often wondered, like, you know, how the sources would feel about their tunes being ironed out. I don't sometimes. think they mind. Yeah, yeah, probably I, like, not. They don't even think about it enough. Yeah. I don't. I mean, well, they're yeah. dead. <laughs> I mean, like, no, they. Um, you know, I don't think. I think not all of them. Yeah, that's Clyde's right. Clyde's still alive. That's right. He's still checking. <laughs> Last time I checked. No, yeah. for sure he is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think that they didn't think about it enough to necessarily notice when someone yeah. else is playing it straight or crooked or I don't, you know who knows yeah i think everyone's different i've been like you know kind of hearing more and more that like first i thought it was just like a kentucky tune a kentucky tune thing that like the old kentucky players would just like not really jam but just play solo for each other and just take turns yeah. and i've been hearing that that's like not just kentucky that no. that's like more so of an older thing in general like, yeah because like the idea of like two fiddles playing at the same time was like right. not really unless like, it's explicitly like twin a twin yeah, fiddling unless it's tradition. like arranged you know yeah like but um yeah and in some ways i think that's really cool because then people's like styles get preserved and like heard yeah. singularly in a way that like they don't in a lot of like like twin fiddle jam sessions um yeah because i know that there used to be like i saw some some flyer from the 1920s and it was called it was like this is an old time festival uh <laughs> referring like it playing the same music and i was just like wondering what was like the culture they were calling it old time back then yeah. Which is funny. Well, I think uh, that was like, was that like a term that the record labels probably made up? I'm pretty sure someone, I'm, I just hope someone corrects me on everything I say on here, but I think that was like, get so many tweets. Yeah. I, like there's going to be like public backlash. Like, <laughs> um, I think the old time, I think the old time was a, um, was like a term that the record labels used to sense. like a marketing term. Yeah. 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 So I think that probably the old time festival in the 20s was yeah it had like a huge you know bill of people who were performing mm -hmm. and i guess i'm just wondering like what was the the social music culture like back then because i know that like the um the rev the revival and stuff in the 60s sort of is was the access point for a lot of people like the the greenwich village like yeah. Like any folk music is all the same folk music, you know. Right, right. It sort of was the access point for a lot of people to get into starting to go to Tommy Gerald's house and stuff. Like that was like the Yeah. Gateway drug. Um Yeah, although like yeah. So yeah. I wonder I wonder what it was like, what the culture was like before all of these festivals started like springing up. Was it the same people playing fiddle tunes together? Were they taking turns? Like, but I'm sure they were taking turns. Yeah. I'm almost positive. I think there was like a discussion about this somewhere on Facebook. Yeah, but it seems like um, that's also like still a tradition in some parts of yeah. the country that like twin fiddling isn't really a thing. And like, right. I, yeah, and like sometimes I feel like twin fiddling and sometimes I really don't. And like, I totally get it. I get why you'd want to have a jam where you just like rotate who's playing what fiddle one at a time. Yeah. But I also, it's, it's been funny, like, like getting into, like, a little bit of the history of, like, the culture of it and the etiquette, because it's, like, the main reason that I like this music is, 
is non-performative. Yeah. You know, and like playing in a group of people. Yeah. But performing from people who do the same thing as you is different. That's true. So like when you're like, true. if you're like sitting in a circle of like fiddlers and playing one at a time, like it's not like performative in the way that it is to like play it. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what, where people perform this music. Um, <laughs> it happens essentially. You know, yeah. you know, a, a on a stage yeah. um, for people like in chairs, like a house concert. Um, yeah. Even though like a lot of people at house concerts are like musicians too, but yeah. you know, you're playing it for someone who's like more thinking like, yeah. oh, that's a sweet lick. Like I'm trying to incorporate that as opposed yeah. to people that are like, look, music, you know, I don't know. It feels different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think for that reason, that the culture is more like people know what other people know how to play. Yeah. Like, I think there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of tunes are like pushed to the side. They're like the more inaccessible they are for a jam setting. Yeah, and uh, that's why it's, yeah, because fiddlers want to be able to play with each other. Yeah. Except some people don't, and then they learn cooler tunes. Yeah. So. My friend uh, Stephen Landis, who's been on the show, who got me into playing all-time music, um, is is a little bit of like a sort of fiddle hermit. He mostly sort of plays for himself, but yeah. he, because of that, he learns all these awesome tunes, and he's just like does all these tunes and you know D Dad and stuff, yeah. you know, um, that are cool. more prohibitive uh, for social settings. Uh, but depending it, on who you're social with, exactly, yeah, yeah. Fiddle hermit. And then also... I'm going to be a fiddle hermit someday. <laughs> I'm kind of getting there. You're on. You're, you're well on your way. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, just based on your, uh, like, last living situation, you're, like, um, caught, like, little cottage. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you just, like, makes me, like, when I went there, I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah, I and like I, like, idea. work at home and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I just kind of, like, don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome. No, it's great. I like work at home. I fiddle at home like by myself. And yeah. I'm just like, look at that. I think there's sunlight out there. Hmm. <laughs> at least you're not on like Reddit or something. No. Maybe yeah. you are. Who knows? 4chan. Um, <laughs> there's, there's good, healthy things to do by yourself. That's right. <laughs> Most of them don't involve the internet. Yeah. Uh, but on the same note, banjo music. A lot of people don't play traditional banjo music anymore. Oh, Seth the, Swingle does. Except for Seth yeah. and Greg. <laughs> Adams, yeah, but when and I had others too, yeah, yeah, there's some people. So I, I, been a little bit inspired. I was like, maybe I should get into playing some of that stuff because it's so cool, but I don't necessarily always feel motivated to learn it because I'm like, when am I going to play this? Yeah, you know. But if we had, maybe, maybe that's what we should do. Is like, when we're at some festivals, we should have some jams that are intentionally just playing banjo tunes. Well, or, or, solo oh, oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And just take turns because like. If there is a culture of that, I would probably learn stuff more. Yeah. Because then you got to, like, show it off to people that really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Because, like, isn't that... I don't know. That's, like... You get to, like, play with people, but, like, also, I think the goal of old time should be, like, in some ways to play for people who deeply appreciate it. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. I don't know. There's, like, a responsibility to, like, both, like collaborate with people and also to like entertain people yeah. in an interesting like non-traditional sense of entertainment yeah um yeah I don't know I was just in a jam last night where I wanted to play these like two wacky sea tunes and uh 
And then people, and I was like, does anyone know this tune? And they're like, no, start it off. And then I, it was just a total jam buster because yeah, it was yeah. like already weird tunes. And I was trying to lead them from banjo, bless their hearts oh my for God. like trying to, yeah. and, and now like in retrospect, it's like, you know, if there was a culture of it, I would have just been like, hey, I'm going to play you all a tune. And then it would have been probably like a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. It's like, yeah. I also like, I have this funny thing that happens where like sometimes when, when I don't know, a t- when, oh wait, when I know a tune and the other fiddler in the jam like doesn't know the tune and, uh, and they're like, no, play it anyway because they're like great yes. at catching on to tunes. And I like love when, when I get to catch on to tunes yeah. too. So like I'll start playing the tune and like I never know when is the right point to like give up. Yeah. Because like <laughs> You don't want to be insulting. Yeah, because I'm not trying to say like I don't think you're gonna get this, but yeah. I'm also like trying to acknowledge that it might not be fun for them to just like not be able to play this tune for like yeah. ten minutes and like but am I about to stop when they're about to get it? Like I don't know. Like I wish there was like I wish there was like this kind of like invisible like loading bar above their head that I could like <laughs> wa- you know what I mean? So that like if they were at like nine if they, if I could see it moving, yeah. I would like keep going. And, like, if it was just, like, at 0% the whole time, I'd, like, stop. So, it's impossible <laughs> to, like, talk and be heard and, like, have a conversation during a jam, especially oh, yeah. if you're learning a tune. For sure. There needs to be some sort of, like, etiquette, like, cue for, like, just just something that communicates, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. How you doing with this tune? Yeah. That's not, that's, like, very clearly not we're done, but it's just, like, hey. Like, is this still fun for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's that's this is what we're promoting. Uh, like solo solo music circles at all time festivals, and someone come up with some sort of uh, like physical holographic like loading no no <laughs> a HUD uh, no like a some sort of cue some visual physical cue to just be like a new jam etiquette thing that we come yeah because like sometimes I try to do, like sometimes. Because some people, like, they just listen to a tune a few times through, and then they have it 100%, and other people, you can see them learning it. Yes. So it's, like, hard to know what kind of person they are. Yeah, so anyway, but, like, I usually try to tell people, like, when I'm learning a tune and just messing up so badly, and I'll be like, I'm almost there. I just, yeah. like, say something like that. It's like, keep, keep on going, buddy. Like, now. A couple more times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Wait, yeah, what are we playing next? All right. Um, uh, who's going to talk to Dinah? Who's... Who's gonna, Who talk, to gonna talk to Dinah? Who's gonna take one for the team? Right. <laughs> okay. Break the news yeah. to her. Who's gonna tell her? Okay. So this, um, I would love to know the story behind that tune name. But anyway, I learned it from a Fred Stone King recording. He's, I think, from Missouri. Yeah, he's definitely. I don't think he's from Missouri. I know he's from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sure about these things, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a beautiful tune. I love this tune a lot. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it correctly, for sure. I'm gonna nail it. Yeah, I'm really gonna nail this one. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that before every tune. <laughs> yeah, I'm really gonna nail Here this comes one. comes that perfect Get tune. Get ready. <laughs> nope, that's the different tune, right? Yep, it is. Thank you. 
Stone King. Fred Stone King. I we have like one tune left, right? Yeah, I think we just have one tune okay, left. Great. Sonia Badigian. Badigian, yeah. Let it be, let let it be, it be known. known. <laughs> let the record show. Yeah. That is how your name is pronounced. Yeah. Or, or Badigian. Or Badigian. But like the crucial thing is like the fourth syllable. Yeah. Because like I think a lot of people like it's like B-A-D-I-G <clears throat> then there's an I. Yeah. B-A-D-I-G-I-A-N and a lot of people miss that second I and they'll like pronounce my name like Badigin or like yeah. Badigin I never noticed that I yeah no ever. that's the thing I don't know why yeah no it's like totally okay um I'm like kind of used to it but yeah yeah like Badigian Badigian or Badigian okay. yeah <laughs> that's the other thing Just, we're promoting yeah the correct this, this pronunciation <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah. good <laughs> today I'd like to talk to everybody about how where's that name from uh it's Armenian Armenian. Yeah, my dad is Armenian. Very yeah. Good. Wait, is he like from Armenia? Uh, his mom and dad were born in Armenia and came here when they were very young. Do you know any Armenian music? Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of it, definitely. And my dad plays the oud, which is pretty cool. Is the oud? It kind of looks like a. It's like a lute almost. Like it's like a round-backed, like yeah. Like it's like the ancient ancestor of the guitar. Yeah. And like I used to go to like these little Armenian dances when I was a little kid and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool Man, music. Kind of buried the lead there, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool story yeah. for next episode. Uh, what are, what's our last tune going to be? Uh, it's going to be a tune called Midnight. It's a really cool oh, yeah. tune. <laughs> We're play yeah. This oh one. Yeah. yeah, this one. Um, 
Yeah, so thanks to Cameron for being willing to like these tunes. Um, Is there a source that lasts more than a minute? Because you sent me a two-minute clip, but most of it's conversation. Talking. Yeah, no, I think that's it. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe somewhere out there someone has a better recording of it. It's but an awesome recording. It's such a cool tune. And Okay, so it's like this guy, fiddler named Jim Woodward. And um, like he plays like some old-time tunes, but then he also plays some tunes that are just, like this one that have like yeah. this really swingy feel, yeah. which I've like completely just negated and played like an old-time tune. But... Um, uh, but he plays this also tune called Midnight Walk that is, seems like the old-time fiddle tune ancestor mm. of the swing tune Midnight. Yeah. Or, like, the swingy tune Midnight. Yeah. And, like, so you can kind of hear, like, what he did to Midnight Walk to turn it into Midnight. I think. that That's what it is to my ear. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Cool. Really great tune. Thanks for being on the show. So yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having me, Cameron. <laughs> and I've been running around for, like, yes. a while. <laughs> you caught me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
want to support Get Up In The Cool and get exclusive rewards like on-air shoutouts, bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and online banjo workshops, go to CameronDuit.com and click the Patreon button. Select a support level that works for you, then brag to all your old-time buddies about the exclusive bonus content you get to enjoy. I want to make a big shout-out to my new Patreon supporters, Shane McBurney, Aubrey Irion, and Stephen Rapp. Thanks so much for signing up. It means a lot, and it really helps with the not-as-fun parts of making the show, like editing and uploading and posting. None of that is old-time music, or old-time in general. It's kind of the opposite of that, uh, but it's very necessary to keep the show going. So, thank you for your encouragement. I really, really appreciate it. If you're a banjo player and want to improve your melodic playing, I teach Skype lessons on Saturday mornings, so hit me up on the podcast Facebook page or on my website. If you want me to come play at your house show, I perform solo or in a trio with my band, The Old Reels, and I love teaching banjo workshops. Get Up in the Cool Volume 1 is available on my website, featuring the show's best musical moments from 2016. Just click the Buy Stream button on the landing page to download the album or order the CD. And finally, I want to give a shout out to the Field Recorders Collective. I forgot to mention that I learned the tune Shelvin Rock from their Ernie Carpenter album in preparation for my interview with Craig Edwards that I released last week. If you want some awesome source material for learning tunes, FRC is the way to go. Also, there's some high quality recordings in there, so it's actually really good for listening. Uh, for me, the most surreal stretch of this year's Clifftop Commute was spent listening to their Dink Roberts album. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It was wild. It was a transportive experience. You gotta go listen to it. You can order and download all their albums on fieldrecorder.org, so go check them out. All right, that's enough for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week for more Get Up In The Cool. <laughs>